don't try to mislead an appraiser, obviously, by that, but present credible data. And the more credible that you become in their eyes, the better that is. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's projects a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. And we have got a special treat for you today because we're going to kick off a new segment to the show. And it's called Situation Saturday. You know how we have Skill Set Sunday? Well, we're going to do Situation Saturday. And I know, I guarantee you're going to love this because what Situation Saturday is, is we're going to put you in a situation, a real life situation that you might come across either in the future or you might be coming across right now. And uh, we're going to have a best ever guest on the show to walk us through how to handle the situation. And today we've got a billion dollar appraiser, Cam Palmer. He's based out of Phoenix, Arizona, and he's been on the show before. I should have looked up which episode, but if you haven't Listen to Cam's episode, then you got to check it out. But this is, again, this is a different format. This is Situation Saturday, where we're going to give Cam a specific scenario, and he's going to walk us through how do we resolve this scenario and come out ahead. So Cam is the vice president at CBRE, based in Phoenix, Arizona, like I mentioned, and he's appraised over $1 billion worth of properties. And is your focus on multifamily in particular? Yes, it is. Yeah, so his focus is strictly on multifamily. And here's the situation, best ever listeners. Here we go. The situation is that we've got a multifamily property and we are in a hot market and somebody just came in with a very nice offer for our property. And it's so nice 
that we're not sure if it's going to appraise for the value that they offered. So what we've got to do is we've got to position or posture our property to get ready for the appraisal so that we can position our property to be in the best light as possible. So anytime you are preparing to get your property appraised, we want to posture it in the best way possible. So what Cam's going to do is he's going to walk us through how to make that happen. So that being said, Cam, how do we posture our property to get ready for the appraisal? How should we think about it? Thanks, Joe. And posturing is the right word because what we're going to use is the data that is already available in the market and data that is derived from the property itself. When appraisers develop their opinions of value, this is where they go. They go to the data. And when the data says something, it's hard to ignore it. What we want to do, and the best thing that we can do, is prepare early before the appraisal. If you know what's coming up, then three months, six months ahead, you want to start preparing. And here's why. One of the main points that an appraiser will take data from is from the rent roll. This is probably the best indication of how the subject property is performing. And usually, appraisers will take a rent roll, which is a 12-month trailing document. In other words, it has contract leases from the last 12 months, and they'll usually take an overall average of what that is and say that is your, that's your average rent rate. That's how the property is performing. In hot markets, uh, like the situation that you're giving me, rent rates increase over time, and likely they would increase over that one-year period. If somebody who has a property could detail what rents were for the last three months, the last six months, the last nine months, in a hot market, you're probably going to see the rent rates that are increasing. The best indication of how the property is performing today isn't going to be the overall weighted average of the 12-month history of rent roll. It's actually going to be some of the most recent periods, the last six months or the last three months, to say. And that's going to help you increase and help to understand where value is today to the property. When you mentioned the rent roll and the last 12 months, are you referring to the rent roll in terms of what each apartment's renting for, or are you referring to the money that's collected from the rent roll on the property every month? No, the rent roll is in the document. When an appraiser is appraising a property, they are going to ask for certain documents, and one of those is going to be the rent roll, and it's going to have a list of all the units that were leased over the last typically 12 months that's there. In a hot market, you're going to see that unit, say, a one-bedroom, one-bath unit, if it's a hot market, it is probably going to be rented for more, uh, let's say, a month ago than it was, you know, 11 months ago. And that is an indication that the market is going up. And it's one of the best indications because it's happening on the subject itself. An appraiser would be, it would be ideally good for them to recognize that indication, that increase in the rents. And if they're not, then you can just point it out on your rental and say, hey, this is what's going on. It's hard to ignore the data. If indeed the market is increasing and the subject is capitalizing on those increases in the market. You mentioned to prepare for it in advance. When the appraiser arrives at the property, what exactly do we need to have in a binder? And is it 
at that time we give it to him or her, or do we give it to them in advance of whenever they arrive? Oh, good question. This can happen um, either way. You can give it to them while they're walking the property. You can give it to them before they arrive, just as long as they have it. But you definitely want to bring it to their attention. And if you have your rent roll organized, again, referring to a hot market in months, in other words, for the last three months, what were your average rents? You know, by floor plan, so to say. In the last six months, what were your average rents by floor plan? And then the overall, in the last 12 months, what have been your average rents? If you organize your rent roll by that, then the appraiser can see readily what is going on. Now, they should do it themselves, but if you're able to break it out and show it to them, then they know that you know that your rents are increasing. And it's hard to deny that, especially in a appraisal report. In addition to the rent roll, what's in that package? What do we need to provide? In addition to a rent roll, you want to look at other operating income that's there. In other words, if you collect utility reimbursements, you want to show that. If there's other miscellaneous income, such as tent rents, uh, other deposits, you want to show that so there is a consistent stream of other income that's there that shows that the property is collected. Other than that, you also want to have your expenses. And then also, if there are some sales that are in the market that are similar to yours, and in order to extract some cap rates, then you want to have those in there too. Also, you would be able to have anything for, let's say, competitive properties that are in the area. If you know that your property directly competes with other properties in the area, have market surveys of those. If you have data that relates to your metro statistical area, like here in Phoenix, we have the Phoenix MSA, we have reports that show what the vacancy is and how it's trending, what concessions are and how they're trending. And we also have data for submarkets and also for properties in immediate areas. All of those indicate what current trends are going to be. And if you have those and they're supported by the existing data, it's hard for an appraiser to ignore that. So we've got the rent roll organized in months, 3, 6, 9, 12. And the purpose of that is to show the rents increasing, to show a positive trend. What if the rents aren't increasing? What if they're staying flat? Should we break it out or should we keep it in kind of 12 months or three months, whatever positions us in the best light? No, positioning in the best light, I guess. I don't know if I'd use that term because the property is what it's going to be. If you have a really good appraiser, they're going to break it up um, in the three to six and nine months to show the trend anyway. So whether it's going up, whether it's remaining, or whether it's going down is something that you can do as a property owner beforehand and then decide if it's time to, you know, take it to market. If it's a really nice offer that you're receiving and the rents just aren't there to support the offer, then it's it's just not there. But if they are there, what I am showing you is the ability to extract that data from or excuse me, to extract those indications from the data that's already there so that the appraiser can readily see it. Sometimes, you know, appraisers only take the overall average. And if it's a hot market, it's increasing, extracting those indications by the trailing three months, trailing six months, you know, and, and trailing 12 months shows the increase in the rents. And that's what you want to see end up on their appraisal report. So we've got the rent roll. We've got the other operating income. You said the expenses. What level of detail do we need to provide with expenses? Usually, they like to see line item breakouts, and they'll do this themselves, but if you have it there and you have it ready for them, usually they want to see payroll that's broken out, what you're paying if you have it uh, professionally managed, what repairs and maintenance are going to be, what your reserves are, what your utility bills are, also what administrative general 
investment accounts, what bills are running at. There are industry standards, and the appraiser also have comparable properties that they have operating expenses for to which to you know compare the subject with and see if the subject is operating in those relative ranges. If something's really high, then the appraiser has to identify why that is. And if you can help provide explanation as to why, and if, for example, if you have really high utilities, but the property is being renovated and so you expect those to go down, if you provide documentation for that, it's easier for that appraiser to put it in the appraisal and thus bring that cost down, which in turn brings your revenue up. As far as the sales in the market to extract cap rates, to help them extract cap rates, or at least kind of show them what you're thinking, how do we approach that? Do we have the sales comps in there and then just show what the cap rates are and then let them take it and apply it with whatever model they're using? Yeah, this is getting into cap rates is probably something beyond the scope of just this initial podcast, which is fun. But what, yeah, what you want to do is be able to probably, if you're familiar with how to extract cap rates from sales, then go ahead and do it. If you're not and you have somebody on your team that can, then yes, please provide those in there. But you want to provide cap rates for similar properties that have the similar income and expense items. That's probably the best way to say it because those are going to write similar cap rates. You want to be able to have those in there. And if the appraiser, if the report comes back and the appraiser has cap rates in there, different properties that are not similar to your subject and do not have similar income and expense categories, you can refute that and be able to provide your own comparables that are there. But the cap rate is an indication, a relationship of the income to the overall value. You know, and we're talking you know, here in Phoenix right now for Class A properties are around 5% or 6%. When you apply that to your income, then you get an overall value. And a couple, you know, 100 basis points or, you know, for example, it's from, that's from 6 to 7%. But let's say, you know, a cap rate from 6 to 6.5%, that can have a tremendous impact on value. You want to make sure that you get the cap rate right by using the appropriate sales. And when you say, I know this is a whole nother conversation, but when you say similar income and expense categories, are you referring to if the one property has a pool and the other doesn't, then that would be an expense category that would need to be reconciled? No, like for example, some people will include in their operating expenses, or I should say, you know, some properties have included in their operating expenses reserves, and some do not. And reserves can run from two to three hundred dollars per unit per year, and that can come as a hefty size. Well, if they're not taking that out, and another property is, then they're not capitalizing on the same net operating income, if that makes sense. So the person who, or the property that is including reserves, their expenses are going to be higher, and so their overall income is going to be lower. And usually you do want to include reserves in your operating statements. If another property has a sale, and for some reason it was analyzed, is not having the reserves that are in there, then the overall income is going to be higher and that's going to have an effect on the cap rate. Well, what happens is they take those cap rates and then apply them to your property. And if it's a misguided cap rate, it can you know change the value of what your property's value actually is. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. It, it basically, it's making sure there's an apples to apples comparison with how you're evaluating it versus what I was mentioning where if there are certain aspects of expenses within those categories. 
Yeah, because an appraiser, you know, they'll look at a pool, they'll look at, you know, landscaping, they'll look at all that and say, oh, that's really nice, but how does it translate into value? And the biggest indication is, well, what are the expenses to keep up those items? And you could have a really nice pool or a really poor pool and the expense, you know, could just be minimal in terms of what it reports on the operating statement. And so, yes, I think the best way to, to say it is that you want to look at sales that are apples to apple sales. They're similar in age. They're similar in build, and they're similar in the type of tenants that they attract. They're similar in their vacancy rates, and then they're similar in the items that they have. You know, do they not only collect utility reimbursement income, do they collect other miscellaneous income like for pet deposits, you know, things like that? And also, do they collect reserves? Do they have, you know, repairs and maintenance? Is their labor the same? Do they have professional management? Does your property have professional management? that's going to be a big difference in expenses if one has professional management and the other one doesn't. So you want to make sure that all these items are the same and it's an apples-to-apples comparison in order to ensure that the cap rate is more accurate. You mentioned show competitive properties, do a market survey of those. What specifically do we need to provide in that market survey? What do we need to have in there? Okay, so usually what you need to have in there is what their rent rates are, and then what your occupancy is at the time of sale. What you're trying to get is what are other properties around the subject performing like. Here in Phoenix, this is what we do. We go out and actually when I call a property and I'm appraising them, one of the first things I ask is, who do you consider that is comparable to you in your immediate area? And do you have a market survey and do you call those people? A lot of times apartment projects with professional management companies will keep up weekly or monthly market surveys and they ask for those. And they have details on who they think is comparable to them, which is a great indicator for me as an appraiser. But also, I can go to those properties independently, do my own survey, and then get that information there. It's part of the due diligence that I would do to understand, okay, the subject is getting this rent, but how are other competitive properties doing, and what are their occupancies at? And that helps me to understand what a good forecast for vacancy would be, what good forecast for market rents would be, and that's the bulk of your, your income analysis is your income and your rents. Excuse me, your rents and your vacancy. Is there any narrative at the beginning of this? I'm picturing a binder with subdividing folders. One is rent roll, one is other operating income, one is expenses, one is sales in the market, one is rent comps, and the other is data on the MSA and submarket. Before that, is there a summary that we should write up? And if so, what should that entail? Yeah, you could write a summary up there and it could first describe what your property is because you need to know what your property is before you go out and look at what other properties there are. Describing the property helps you understand the property characteristics, how the property is positioned in the market. And then when you go out, you describe in probably the next paragraph or the next page what properties are most similar to the subject and then have the data for those properties as well. And it helps to paint a picture of saying, oh, not only is the subject collecting, let's say, you know, $700 per unit per month on average, but our other competitive properties are at $690 or at $720 or at $730 or $680. And that way you see that what the subject is getting is in the range of what everybody else is doing. And so they are remaining competitive. If those indications are very different from one another, then there has to be an explanation for the details needed. Awesome. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think we should mention or talk about as it relates to posturing your property to get ready for an appraisal? 
I think one of the best things that you can do is have somebody that's knowledgeable about the market that's there. Uh, when the appraiser comes, he's going to ask for this data, and it's important to and not appear that you want to pressure the appraiser at all. The appraiser should, good appraisers, they should accept all data from everywhere. And then what, it's up to them whether they can consider it or dismiss it. But data from all sources, I mean, the more data that we have, the better, in my opinion. So if you have something that's well-prepared, a package that's there that's really defined about what your property is about, what are the comparables are in, in the area are about, and what your overall market is doing and where the trends are going, I think that's something that the appraiser would appreciate. Include what you want in there, but having somebody that's knowledgeable in the market would help you guide what specifically for your property should be in there or shouldn't be in there. What annoys an appraiser? What annoys an appraiser? <laughs> that's a bad. I guess it really depends on the personality that's there. That's a good question, Joe. What annoys you? Nothing, really. The way that I approach properties and when I go and do my market surveys or when I you know, do my property inspections, they're all fine. I think maybe what would annoy me is if I want to be able to find out and ask questions and I'm not given enough time to be able to do that. That is something that would annoy me. I'm here, I'm appraising your property or the broker that's showing me the property and here you know, trying to, you know, do my job, but if you're not giving me the time of day or not talking to me on the phone, that's that's annoying. I, I really like to get all the data I can, turn over every rock I can and find what's really going on at the property. Why would you say, and this is such a sweeping generalization, if you don't have an answer for it, that's fine, but why would you say, from the people you know who are appraisers, did they get into the industry to become an appraiser? Why would they get into it? Well, yeah, why have they? Why haven't they gotten into it? And that's a good question. I don't plan to for anybody, but I know for me, this really intrigues me in terms of how properties are valued and how you come up with value and how you can, in a sense, understand what you can do at a property to maximize the value per se. As an appraiser, we are not biased at all. A property is doing what it's doing and we're not connected with a buyer or a seller so that when we develop our opinions of value, they are, they're not connected with any other interest in the property, and that's important to have. But I am very excited and very interested in the different types of buyers and investors that I see, Joe. You would be amazed at, you'd be amazed at how many um, people or how many properties I come across where I see investors who just get it. We understand how to take over a property, how to maximize its value. And they present stuff to us as appraisers where we just can't deny it. The property's doing what it's doing. It's performing how it's performing. And we see other investors who want to get in there, and they don't know how to manage a property. They don't know how to maximize its potential. They don't know how to keep tenants. They don't know how to increase the rent. And we just see the property go down. It's just a loss for them. And we have to report, you know, what's going on, and it is what it is. You know, I have gotten a case of investors, good and bad firsthand, and it's been a very educational experience for me. And this has been a very educational conversation, that's for sure. Thank you, Cam, for walking us through this. And very quickly to summarize, because I kind of already summarized, but when an appraisal, to help posture your property to for an appraisal, as Cam would like us to say, and as we are, as we talked about, first, We've got to prepare, and how we prepare is we put together a package. 
in the package, we have a summary document or a summary page which describes our property, what it is, helps them understand the characteristics, what properties are similar from a high level. And then we've got, after that, a rent roll organized in months. Hopefully it shows, and it has the average rents by floor plan. Hopefully it shows that there's an upward trend towards rent increases. Then we have a separate area for other income. And we go over all the different ways we are earning income, uh, like utility reimbursements, which would be huge, pet rent deposits, laundry, etc. Then another section where the expenses are outlined, it should be an itemized breakout. You know, we've got payroll, repairs, maintenance, uh, reserves is a big one as well. Show documentation that explains the situation if there's something that needs to be explained. If you think your expenses are higher than average, then we've got to explain that, be proactive in that area. Then another section that has sales in the market so that the cap rates can be extracted. If you don't know how to do that, then make sure you're working with a team member who does and make sure that there's an apples to apples comparison so that you're showing similar properties that have similar income and expense categories and that they're similar in age, build, type of tenants, vacancy rates, and uh, other things like that. Then have a section that shows competitive properties from a rent standpoint. Um, Have a market survey, show what the rent rates are and the occupancy at the time. At that time, that way you can show where your property is compared to theirs, other properties, and then have data on the MSA, uh, Metropolitan Statistical Area is what that stands for. So basically your city. And then have data on your submarket, so you know your the, the, the neighborhood and the the close proximity to your neighborhood of the property, and then have that ready for the appraiser. Uh, you can send it to him before, or you can send it to him or her during uh, whenever they arrive at the property. And I think the clear theme also is the more data, the better from an appraiser standpoint. And uh, it's important to provide them with it and then answer any questions that they have, but let them do their work. Because as you said, Cam, appraisers are not biased or should not be biased at all. They're just looking to see the valuation of the property. That's correct. Yeah. And if I could add one more thing, just make sure that all your data is very credible and that where you get the data and your calculations is you can follow it with ease. If it's not credible, then it would be probably by an appraiser, probably be dismissed because we have to use credible data to be able to get there. So, if, you know, I know that, that Joe, that you would never do this or probably our best ever listeners wouldn't do this, but we've seen <laughs> investors and other property owners who would just make data up and have rents there. And that's part of the appraiser's due diligence. So don't try to mislead an appraiser, obviously, by that. Um, but present the credible data. And the more credible that you become in their eyes, the better that is. Thank you so much, Cam. Really appreciate it. It's been a wonderful kickoff to Situation Saturday. And I wish you the best. Congrats again on your new role as vice president at CBRE. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. 
Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D dot com forward slash best ever.